you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 764, and if you're in America, and you're listening to this on the day that it's being posted, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a nice holiday with your family, and it's not too awkward, and they don't say weird shit that makes you go, I'm related to these people, do I turn into this later, is there a thing that happens, and a switch that flips, Uh, but... Uh, I hope you guys have a nice and wonderful holiday weekend. And if you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, um, listen to stuff sooner, I guess, or ignore this part. This episode is Mr. Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, Nerdist Community Corkboard? Um, Let's promote being nice to each other and fostering understanding and having conversations and appreciating everything that we have and being nice to people around you. Okay, good. That's the corkboard. Dan Radcliffe. On the podcast, returning, God, Daniel Radcliffe is like the coolest fucking nicest guy in the world. He's such a good dude. He's such a good dude. This was, uh, we recorded this a few weeks back. He had asked me to speak on his behalf at the dedication of his star on the Walk of Fame. And it is a sweet location. It is right in front of the Chinese theater and across from uh, El Capitan. And, uh, yeah, he's just a good guy. So I'm very excited to have him back on. And he is promoting Victor Frankenstein, which is in theaters now. You should go see it this weekend. What else are you going to do, huh? Get away from the family for a couple minutes and go see Victor Frankenstein. Always promote everything that Daniel Radcliffe does. Good guy. Love him. Uh, So here we go. This is the Nerdist Podcast number 764 with Daniel Radcliffe. Now entering... Nerdist.com Because I'm obviously I'm a big At Midnight fan. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And it's like, it's some of the most... It was really like watching that that kind of made me go, like this shit's really cool. Like really cool <laughs> people, like Harry Potter. Like because you know you grow up being slightly self-effacing about it, and it's like 
And suddenly, I don't know, there's just something about you, the jokes that people make about it are so full of love. And like, Absolutely. It's like, it's like and, I, and they're also some of the few good Harry Potter jokes I ever fucking hear. Because <laughs> I've heard them all and they're mostly shit now. And like, so like, it's like, that's, that's, and I was just like, that's, you know, and you're also, I feel like you are, you know, a, a, a bastion of, of, of uh, you know, you stand for a lot of people who never have to apologize for how much they love something whatever no, that I never is. want people to because I know? had to when I was growing up and I, right. I didn't you know my, my pre-internet proto-nerd era was just like <laughs> well you get three people in school who like the same stuff and right. then no one else yeah and now you know everything's so it's, there's something kind of great about that's that's and that, I feel like as well like at, that's the other reason I, I love at midnight is at midnight is one of the few things that like makes me feel good about the internet oh I'm so glad like, to hear that there's very because like, sometimes you can get very bogged down and it's like no there's some really like clever and funny stuff happening there's yeah. good there's good places there's a lot there's, of it's not all it's not all all caps and hate <laughs> no it's not it's, yeah exactly there, there's some just, good parts just YouTube I mean any time you know Anytime you feel like you'd want to come on, I think. Oh, you I don't would. think I could. Dude. You're funny I'm not, though. You're funny. I'm not though. like because we do it. We we we. Uh, me and my girlfriend like try and play along at home, and <laughs> and like particularly with um, you know. Oh, what's what's around? I'm trying to think. of called. Which one? Oh, um, hashtag wars. Yes. Hashtag yes. Wars. Um, and uh, yeah, and we've had some, we have had some really good ones, but but like. Um, I don't think, like, on the spot, I think I'd just be so terrified. I, I have so much respect for when, like, actors go on there and, like, people who aren't, like, straight-up comics and, like, when you have to do, like, some specials on, like, for a TV show. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Man, you're brave. Because um, <laughs> that's, like, that seems like the hardest but thing. But the show is designed to, you know, everyone... The show is designed to be as supportive as possible. Oh, so it's never... Yeah. So it's not like, aha, no. we gotcha, you fucked this one up. You know. <laughs> but that's what's great about it as well. Um... Because it's it's just it's the type of show that uh, has existed in England for a sort of there's been I loads know. of versions. You have like a channel of, of them. It's basically yeah, like it's that's the route to become a comedian in England. Like I feel like you do, you know, you that's like what people a lot of people want to get on to to you know get on that and then get on live at the Apollo and like that's the route that a lot of people take. But like it, it but what a lot of those shows and what kind of the most prominent of those shows has done. It started off great, but then, like, now it's just... The, the sense of competition on it is, oh. like, vicious. <laughs> and whereas, like, you feel on, on your show, it never seems like that. Like, it's it's just... There's a lot more... Yeah, there's, it's very sort of warm, and that's a lot to do with oh, you. Oh, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I always wanted it to feel like... You know, like, I know mo- almost everyone who comes mm. on. There's sometimes people come on Which that I haven't cool. met, but... Ultimately, I just wanted to feel like oh, we're all hanging out and fucking around, and this is what it's like to be and, hanging out with comics. You introduced me via that to Ron Funches. Ron Funches, as well, like Jesus Ron Funches, God, the, the best. Just, uh, it's one of he's one of those comedians that like you just start smiling from the moment, <laughs> I that, know. and uh, like from the moment he opens his mouth because the voices are quite unexpected, and it's got that like that just that fantastic like measured speech saying the funniest shit. And he happens to be hilarious too. Like everything yeah. about him I think he would destroy in England. I think if he I went really, to England no, he I would really, fucking really destroy. I think he would. Absolutely. Because he's like, got kind of the silly soft presentation with really smart jokes. Yeah. I mean yeah I think I'm I, I, yeah so thank you. For, for oh my god of course. I, I want to <laughs> go to England and I want to go perform and I, I was talking to Jimmy Carr about oh, coming cool. over and doing Oh, eight, I don't know. Eight out of ten cats. You should eight out of ten cats. Maybe out of ten cats. He was like, "You should do QI." I'm like, "I don't." That oh, one scares you me. You would also love QI. I no, love it, but you should totally go on QI. You would have 
a trove of information. I think I'd be too nervous to meet Stephen Fry. Like, there's some people where he's you're just so, like, he's so nice, though. He seems really cool. He's really cool, and and he's also like, he is human. Like, he doesn't know everything. Like, he he is an encyclopedia, but he's not like he's not intimidating when you meet him at all. Like, because he's just like he talks about normal shit too. He's not just constantly going around being, you know, verbose and intelligent. <laughs> it's, he, he does, you know, it's he's uh, yeah, he's he's great. I've, I've been fortunate to meet him a few times and. And he's and, and hung out with him a bit, and he's he's great. You definitely you should really go on that show. You should I go on that, to. and and definitely eight out of ten cats you enjoy. You could also they there's a great thing they do now called eight out of ten cats does countdown, which is there's a quiz show during the day, which is traditionally watched by like students and older people and me, and that is, <laughs> um, that is uh, about basically like you get I think eight or nine letters, and you have to find the longest word you can make out of it, and then there's a numbers round which I fail miserably at and don't oh, pay attention to. But then what they've done now is so it's a very straight up quiz show during the day and then what they do now they have 8 out of 10 cats does countdown where they just like get a load of comedians on do the exact same show but with people who are just shit at the game <laughs> and like sometimes don't try and like, I have a wife one letter word Jay like it's 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 a lot of fun yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic yeah I want to it's it's really my work schedule has prevented me from going to you, England yeah. because I can't, you I only this get, like, and you do the Talking Dead and you're doing a tour all the time isn't it because you like say the Fun Comfortable Tour at the end of yeah, the show yeah so it, like, it just, never stops I'm, sh- I'm shooting the special in January and it's going to be the, this tour as a special and then I start touring again like a month later with the new like I have to start the new one dude so it just it just you know but I I, I don't know I love it yeah no absolutely I, I, I love it I love it too much but you know like when you yeah, it doesn't feel like work. Well, yeah, exactly. And when when you when you go through these periods where you get opportunities to cool stuff, you're like, I gotta do that. Why yeah. wouldn't I? Of course, I gotta absolutely. do that. One day, people might not be asking. Yeah, like, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's yeah. You've got like that's. I mean, like, I feel like that's the you know com- what my life's been composed of largely. It just is is the opportunity to somebody saying, "Do you want to do this crazy thing?" And me going, "Yeah." But not everyone funny. would appreciate it though, and that's and that's the thing I said. And first of all, I was so honored that you asked me to speak at the presentation of your star. Yeah, so when you did it, and Chris Columbus, who is a freaking legend. Yeah. It was so nice. He's the nicest he's so guy. Nice. But honestly, what I said is absolutely true. Is that I think the the best thing that people should know about you is just what a nice down-to-earth guy you are when all of the evidence could suggest that if you weren't people go okay yeah I get it he's been in the business a long time and he's in this big but just but the fact that you are such like a sweet guy that's such a that's such an important but thing but it, it doesn't it, it, it I mean in a way thank, thank you first of all also like it's such a hilariously low bar to have to hit as like an actor that like if you're just like a fairly decent person people are like this is amazing how did this happen and so like and it's also it's kind of sad that like I don't know that like you said like if if you know, people would understand. They've got. Oh, well, he's been in the business a long time. This is a really fucking great business. Like, there's no, there's no reason that being in this business should screw you up. And it always seems like. I think there are like some people who are, you know, who you hear stories about who are mad that are genuinely like probably like slightly mentally unwell. I think there's always going to be some of them. But I think a lot of the time it is like some weird choice and something. The insular about like people who want to live in a in a just echo chamber where I don't know they they hear they're fantastic all the time and <laughs> I, I don't know it's a it's it's a weird um, thing but I also think that like the vast majority of actors are totally cool it's just that the ones who are dicks you know you hear stories about and you get a reputation and but I think I 
I mean, I think they're getting few and far between. I, I mean, I've I've worked with so few. Like, I mean, I've heard I've I've heard gazillions of stories, but actually only encountered it like once or twice. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, because I, I, you know, the our, when I was talking to Chris about it before the thing, before you got there, we were, I was saying, you know, Dan's such a nice guy, and whenever you meet someone who was a child actor who grew up in the business and they turn out to be cool, it's usually because their parents were they had very yeah. good parents, and Chris said. You know, it was one of the things about when we were casting Harry Potter, we actually were casting parents as well. Yeah. Because they knew that this was going to be a journey and they didn't want to have any craziness with parents. And he said, yeah. so, like, all the all the main kids, like, all the parents, are, they, everyone was just cool. It was yeah. just really cool. I mean, I, I as I said, like, in, in my speech, you know, and they always, I'm incredible, because everyone always thinks that Shobo's parents are... Uh, going to be pushy and like my parents are so not pushy but I, I rarely ever talk about it because as soon as you start talking about it in other people's minds you're like maybe protesting too much or something so sure. like I just very rarely talk about them and they you know they were always like between every film they said they would say to me you know are you still happy is this still something you want to do like it was never I'm not somebody who you know is living their dreams for them even though they were both actors when they were young um, but I never felt like pushed towards anything or and you know and, and today like several times throughout the day everyone was like do they want to they want to come on the stars and, and like get pictures done and stuff and I would just kept looking over at them and I was going no no, no, no don't please um, and so you know they, I you know I, I did I got insanely lucky um, with them and, and, and the fact that they you know they knew the business so even if they hadn't like because they hadn't ever done many films my dad has one acting credit on IMDB um, but they like which is actually a film with Maggie Smith and like Bob Hoskins and oh, wow. loads of people that I ended up working with later on weirdly. did they remember working with your dad? no okay. <laughs> um, my, dad, my dad had one line and they, they cut away from his bloody face when he oh. says he's young priest and he's, his line was I think but why would you do such a thing? <laughs> and they cut away. From what his was the face. movie? Uh, the Lonely Passion of Miss Judith Hearn. Wow. Yeah. I mean, is if there could there be a more British-sounding film? <laughs> that is the most British-sounding <laughs> film. The Lonely Passion of Miss Judith Hearn. <laughs> like a, that really hits hits everything right there. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. I mean, the only yeah. thing that it could make it more of it were like Sherlock Holmes presents. Presents. And then, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I never watched it. We watched it. I I bought a copy of it once because we got taken with the idea of it. But when we got taken with the idea of it, we happened to be in Spain, uh-huh. so the only copy of it we could find, and we did like. We found a copy of it. There was just one in like the first place we went into. I don't know if it was like a big movie there. I'm sure it's probably not. But, like, but it was called like La Pasión de Soledad or like oh something like, great sounding. Your dad may have an Oscar waiting for him in Spain. <laughs> you don't even know. He um, and yeah, but we got it, and so we watched him like I think dubbed maybe or subtitled as well or is something. Is that young priest over there? <laughs> yeah, it was, young priest. And he was. I think he was maybe. Is he lifting? I think maybe he has a scene. I think maybe Maggie's in the scene. I think maybe she is the she that he is saying why would you do such a thing about that's amazing um, but yeah so they but yeah so I was to have people that knew you know a bit about the industry and and from various sides of it um, and they they really like guided me through and just like how to be on set and how to you know be focused like there was I remember you know and, and you do it by screwing up like I remember in the audition phase of Potter when I, I had the part and they were auditioning people to play Malfoy, there was a kid that came in, and I like, still feel bad about this sometimes. Um, there was a kid who came in 
and he had to say the line, I'm Malfoy, Draco Malfoy. And he chose to give a absolute, like, James Bond reading of that line, Malfoy, <laughs> Draco Malfoy. And at my, like, 10-year-old, 11-year-old self found that funny and laughed on his first take. And it's like his audition, which, like, it's a dick thing to do. Even at, even at 10 or 11, like, it's still, like, come on. Um, and I remember turning around to the back of the room, I just saw my mum looking at me, like... Don't you laugh in this kid's audition? Oh, like, and I was just like, okay, yeah, really good point. Did not laugh anymore. <laughs> um, so you know, stuff oh, like that's that. That's pretty funny though. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like now. I mean, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> so, um, so I'm sure he's not like he. I'm sure he hasn't been thinking about it. Like, oh, God, I hope not. What if he has? And then that motherfucker laughed. Perfect line delivery. He's uh, he's yeah. like could have been Draco TV. Uh, it's just all of the. He just cut himself into all the films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, it's so funny because I I feel like. The, you know, I did, when I did the thing today, I thought, well, I don't want to make a bunch of. I made one reference to it because, like, well, if I should make funny. one reference to it, but, but it is. But I know. I mean, I know. And you've done so many other things, which were, I mean, any so many other people would have just done that and then like, well, that's it. But you've made so many bold, interesting choices since then, and so I, you know, I think it will end up being one of those things. Hey, it's really cool. He was Harry Potter, but he's done a billion other things since well, then. That, that's what obviously that's what I hope for. But I mean, like I've also like definitely accepted a long time ago that Harry Potter is always going to be the thing I'm f- probably first and foremost associated with. I'm very much okay with that. There's this weird narrative that everyone wants to write. I think about people coming out of franchises that you either have to reinvent yourself and like disown whatever had gone before and like then do new stuff, or just do that forever and that'd be the only thing you're known for. And it's weird. That, that like that you can obviously do both. Like yeah. you can obviously still be incredibly proud of what you've done and you know do other stuff because people because as much as there's you know there will probably like if if say half the directors and casting directors and people who are likely to give me jobs in the industry uh, were thinking oh he's only gonna ever be Harry Potter after I've uh, finished those films. And I don't happen to think it was that high a number, but say it's like absolutely like half the people out there. The other half were going, oh, but I wonder if he'd like to try this. Like, right. I wonder what he'd do if he was doing this. Like, people get excited about the opportunities to be, to be the one to reinvent you. Absolutely. Like, and people get so people give you that chance. Like, and as long as you take it and and try and like do the best job with it that you can. And I'm I feel like uh, if there's the best thing I one of the best things I inherited from my dad was I think taste in scripts and you know he that's what he was you know he was a literary agent and he worked for writers and directors and so I I, I feel like that's the the thing that I have in my arsenal that like nobody that when you're doing interviews at 18 and people are saying like oh you know what are you going to do after this that's the thing that I had like that gave me confidence was like I think I can pick scripts and I think I can pick good you know, projects, and also I've been freed from the, you know, any kind of pressure to look. Obviously, if a film is commercial and loads of people go and see it, that's great. But I've also been in the like the most commercially successful thing that I'm ever going to be in. Like, I, the, there's, there's no way that I could do something that wouldn't make five billion dollars or whatever it is. Like, I don't know. I, like, I, you know, unless I build a rocket and sell it to NASA. Like, I don't know how else that's a, I don't know how I could do that. So, like, it, it's, you know, there's, um, since that's done, I can kind of, I feel like I, I'm in a position where I can afford to make choices based on, like, 
is this going to make me happy? And that involves, like, challenging me and, and doing something I haven't done before and just being fun and working with people I want to work with. Like, yeah. most of my friends who are my age and, and act, if they get, like, a horrible, shitty job with people they hate, they have to do it. Um, and so to, like, not have that is ridiculous at 26. Well, I think people right. know... I think people on some level there there's a they have a they have a molecular understanding when you're doing something just because you like to do like because yeah. you want to do it like so they go oh horns is really interesting yeah. and that just that obviously just feels like that was something that was really important to him and not oh you know he's chasing an audience and he's <laughs> yeah. trying to you did you just it seems like oh you you do stuff because you're passionate about something yeah and because I can't because I'm like I feel like that's how most people would like to you know guide their careers but it's just not an option that's open to everyone and like it's I'm very fortunate that I I do have that so yeah it's that's what that's what I like and I get to do like crazy the thing the film I want you to uh like look out for and 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 see that I've got coming up as well. I know I'm obviously here to promote Victor Frankenstein, and, yes. and, and that's and that's what everyone should be going to see on Thanksgiving, obviously. Yes. Um, but I, I did another crazy thing called uh, Swiss Army Man. Yes. Which uh, with uh, the Daniels brothers. The Daniels brothers. They're not fucking brothers. But I call them that. <laughs> There's Daniel Shiner and Daniel Kwan. They're definitely not brothers. They're they. Uh, they're technically Daniel brothers because they have the fir- first name. Yeah, exactly. So, so they're there brothers you go. in name. Oh, hello, Matt. Matt Myers hey, joined us. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Joined us. Hello, good to see you, Chris. Matt. Myra, how are you? Uh, you? Someone wrote Nerdist on the calendar. That meant any of three places. I was at the wrong ones. Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's very rare that we're here at this space. We usually we usually do these at midnight. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so this mo- so what's this movie? Uh, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird one. I've kind of been a bit of a tease here because I'm gonna uh, say now like I don't want to tell you too much about it because it is I'll give you the the like the crazy line which is it is about uh, a guy who is sort of in sort of uh, kind of self-imposed exile in the woods living like in the wilderness um, and he finds a dead body and the dead body and he have a very heartwarming and amazing adventure together. Oh wow! Yeah, sounds like Castaway. <laughs> it's it's so that was like, like, that was a, that like, was a volleyball. Like, I am I am talking Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the after show I host. Uh, <laughs> castaway. castaway. I am Wilson. talking Wilson. Yeah, airs um, every three months on the movie channel. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what what did you love about the movie? Um, it was one of the greatest professional experiences I've ever had because the director were as well as being geniuses and I really I don't say that lightly but like the stuff they do and they have their technical knowledge means that like so much of it was done like without visual effects and just through being very clever with cameras and tricks and like just they are the guys that did the video for Turn Down for What? Oh, mm-hmm. right. Where everyone's just like humping stuff and I've heard of that floor. song. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, they 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 basically know like pretty much everyone on that crew has either worked for them for like six years or went to college with them so like the atmosphere on there was just amazing and watching like the art department find stuff just like in the woods we were filming in the woods in California and they would just be building sets out of stuff that they were finding it was it it was really like uh, just an amazing because that's you know what I was sort of talking about earlier a little bit in the speech as well was just like the thing that is amazing about making films and and about that experience for me is the fact that it is collaborative and the fact that you are in the middle of probably the greatest number of people doing the most varied uh, number of disciplines all 
towards making one thing happen and that's like when you know that feeling of being in the middle of that and of like that's what like I whenever I can help out with something like that's not acting involved I do as well just because it's like I don't know it's it's you feeling a part of that sort of community feel because that's what I had growing up on Potter as well was like everyone was there for a long time so we knew each other really well and so that's why it was when you get that feeling on a set like Swiss Army Man which was only like a 25 day shoot we were essentially shooting an action movie in 25 days because oh um, it's like what did somebody say it was like it, they said it was like if if Terence Malick was directing a Farrelly Brothers movie. <laughs> um, it, was, it, was how, it was how somebody described it. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's that's probably about right. Just, like, beautiful shots of ridiculous shit. When does that there. come out? I don't know. I, like, fingers crossed, maybe, like, it'll be doing some festivals at the beginning of next year. It went through the Sundance Labs, so I don't know if that means it'll be there, but I hope it will. I mean, it'll the other... Be. So you're talking, you're talking about community, and the thing that I... I think the, the Victor Frankenstein panel at Comic-Con this year was one of my favorite panels to do oh, cool. because you and James McAvoy had such a great relationship. Yeah. And ultimately he pinned it's you up against the wall. Because he did 11 panels. So. I did that is. Thank you. But when you're doing when you're doing a lot of panels, you know, some, the thing about it is you have to drive a lot of it because not every yeah. actor is comfortable about mm. talking in front of 7,000 right. people. Yeah. They also don't know what they can and can't say. It's a very surreal experience. They're right. tired because they just flew in for that. So when when you guys come yeah. on and you're fucking around and you're really fun and funny yeah. and cool, it, it just makes it so much more fun and easy for me. Yeah. Well, James and I definitely like yeah we counteract that by just like not caring about a lot of that stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think we like think about it later. Like should we have said that? Maybe not. I mean it's fine. But that's the thing. I feel, I think we also uh, yeah I've always been like. I know. I think maybe that's an advantage of starting young as well is that you have no other option in interviews but to be yourself. Yeah. Because you're not. You're so young. You're not going to try and like do a character or be somebody or not. You haven't got those systems in place yet. So like you, I, I didn't have that option. Plus, so you're you not sort of, guarding anything because you're not a right. You're not going to guard. You're yeah, a kid. Yeah. Exactly. So like, I I think that you sort of learn that like being yourself is actually enough. Like, it, you don't have to try and be that more more than that. And if you do, on the rare occasions that I have tried to be more than that, it normally goes. Very <laughs> it well. always backfires. Like, like a dick. There's That's no. Why. I have a strict policy of never trying to be funny at awards shows. Just like whenever <laughs> I'm presenting an award, and they're like, "Hey, would you make a few jokes beforehand?" I'm like, "No." Because no one is ever funny and no one's here to see me. They just want to know who won. Like, it's not like... Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's... Can I also congratulate you on your Chappie episode of At Midnight? I know it was a oh, long time thank ago. You. Thank you very much. I was, really. like, honestly on the point of crying. <laughs> thank you, dear. At the end of that Because it wasn't just a Chappie. I know there was a few running gags that night, but they were all, like... They were, and that helped make Chappie the number one... <laughs> oh, wait, no. Oh, hang on. <laughs> but, um, Even though, I, I mean, listen, I'm a huge... Huge fan of Neil Blomkamp. Like I, he's District Nine. I think is one of the greatest. You know, especially when you look at District Nine and you go, okay, how does he make this for almost no money? And then you look at Transformers and you're like, and you have all the money in the world, you got no fucking excuse. But then, but with Chappie, it was a little like, uh, am I missing? I don't Chappie, know. there was just something funny about the a the title. Yes, Chappie. B the premise. It just it just became this. Stupid looking robot on the. It cover. was basically short circuit. It's it seemed like it was short circuit, and it seemed like no one gave a shit. I'm surprised about he it. didn't just go. Number five is alive. I mean, uh, that's why my, my most favorite thing is going on television, and uh, they ask for the plugs, and all I pl promoted was the fact that I was going to be at a screening, just watching it on at 7:30 p.m. Wait, can we also? Did anyone else see the thing? And I don't like to, this. Is just like I I'm not. 
I'm not talking shit about somebody. I like, well, I sort of am, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Gonna, I'm about to tell a story, but it was like it's it's a public thing. But has anyone seen the 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 Shia LaBeouf thing that's going on right now in New yes, York? Yes, it's amazing. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. No, but, he's live streaming. No, he's he's watching all yeah. of his movies in reverse chronological order uh-huh. in a theater for three days, and you can go and watch them with him. Uh-huh. You can just go sit with him. Yeah. Yeah, he, at any he, time. He hangs out at our gym. He just hangs out there. Yeah, in jeans, works out. Yeah, there's Some a gym that Matt and I both like, go to, and he <laughs> just hangs out there. It's just the weirdest thing, though, because like, that is, like, my idea. Like, if there's a hell and I go there, that is what my hell would be. <laughs> watching all of your me films. Watching all of my films, <laughs> like, forever. That's, I, and yeah. And you get to quiet people that, shh, that is the best part. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, for I a can't... lot of people, hell is watching all of Shia LaBeouf's movies <laughs> in reverse chronological <laughs> no, order. You just made me think of it because it's Transformers. I was do like, you think oh, he, man, does he end with the Even Stevens movie? I don't know. I, I do want to backtrack and say a little bit. I did not see Chappie. I don't know if Chappie. No, or did I? Chappie. I so never saw that. That's hilarious. That's what I love. I had no affiliation to it. That's what was so good. I just felt like the trailers didn't really sell it as well as it as if it's a really good movie. And I have been on a lot of cross-country flights since that it was available to watch, yeah. and I still skipped it. Do you know what I did watch recently? That is a great... Because you know I like kind of... I don't know if we talked about like the sort of my taste in like B-movies the last time we, we spoke, mm-hmm. but like uh, I finally got around to watching Dragon Blade the other day. Uh. I don't know if you're aware of it. It's the, um, the uh, Jackie Chan, John Cusack, Adrian Brody, China, yep. Chinese Fight the Romans yep. movie. That's available on Delta right um, now. It is. <laughs> it's also available available on demand um, <laughs> I demand um, to see this movie because we saw the trailer for it ages ago and I was like this looks incredible <laughs> and uh, and it really is really it's so worth watching just because it's the str- just because like there's some of the strangest performances going Jackie Chan's like really good Adrian Brody's actually like full on giving performance John Cusack's just like American John Cusack yeah he's there he's, he's just, there he's just like fully American <laughs> as a Roman centurion it's, it's just it's, it's, it's they it's cut to scenes he's got two vape pens in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see and Dragon just, Blade and because also it's like there's clearly so much money has gone into yeah. it because so I think it's like some huge co-production yep, and it's sure. just, it is a big movie um, and there's one fight scene at the end where where, like all the different people from the Silk Road are there, and it's like the fight scene in Anchorman, where just everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, everyone brings everything. It's it's, it's, it's it's really good, and I also watched San Andreas the other day, which is genuinely an also awesome a great movie. plane movie. That, but that's, gen- I, that's I'm not like, being at all ironic about that. Like I almost shed a tear. They thought they did the family stuff really oh, well. How I could you not? Movie. I, I I'm such a fan. You know, I I should watch it. I, and I'm oh, you got and, to. and I'm just the reason I'm being watch a dick it. about because I love the I think The Rock is fucking great. But the thing about it was that I got all nerdy about it because I know that none of the science and I know it's, it's not, not supposed be to be. Right. I know it's not supposed to be. But but there was nothing remotely. But Paul Giamatti's giving it to you, so you kind of take <laughs> yeah. it well. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like you'll, yeah. you'll you'll you go yeah okay. And he has a couple of great lines that are clearly ad libbed. That's like there's like I, what am I doing in this movie? <laughs> no, it's, um, uh, no, he's great in it, and like yeah, man, Dwayne Johnson is so good. He's like every movie he's been, and I like grew up loving WWF as it was then. Yeah, and um, so like, I'm just immensely happy every time I see him in a great. In is a, there a is a there a rock or or rap song that encapsulates the story at the end that rolls during the credits? No, there is not. There is not. There's no, like, there's no 
deeper, bluer. I'm gonna shake it up with more love. Like there's no like Aerosmith <laughs> kind no. of jam. Oh, at the you end. remember the Deep Blue Sea one? Yeah, Deep Blue Sea. Deep is bluest. My head is like a shark's like shark fin. <laughs> well, you got LL. My head is like a shark's fin. In the movie, he of course, he's gonna so good in that movie. Record a track. I got to show my fiance Deep Blue Sea for the first time. She'd never seen it. Great film. And. Sam Jackson's, death, Sam Jackson's death scene in that film. Is he, that is such over. a. It's such a great. And Tom Jane's just all ripped yeah. and just fucking like he's he's the he's the dude. That movie is spectacular. Yeah. I absolutely love that movie. Yeah, me too. The other, right. the other good plane movie right now is Terminator Genesis. Okay, I was really into watching that on a plane and not in a theater. How many times have you seen Spectre? <laughs> Spectre, I've only seen twice. How is it so I've far? I really loved it. Oh, cool! I loved it just as a fan of James Bond movies. Oh, I thought it was awesome. like. They threaded the needle of giving me everything I wanted, but apparently no one else. <laughs> <laughs> but that's nice because you can feel they made the movie pure. Yeah, for but you. it's doing well. It's it? great. Oh yeah, it's doing. It's amazing. doing just fine. But yeah. when adjusted for inflation, though, it's interesting. I was reading a big article in Bloomberg today about it, where it seems like it has to cross. They think it's going to peter out at about 180 million domestic. Right now, it's already at 300 million can worldwide. Can you peter out at 180 million? <laughs> Apparently, you can. Um. Uh, and they were like adjusting it for inflation, and when they adjusted for inflation across all the James Bond movies, it's the worst opening since *License to Kill*. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, I didn't so, know Somebody that. was so pleased with themselves when they worked that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah, had to deliver this bad yeah. news. <laughs> But it jumped 30% from Sunday to Monday, which never happens. So that's, it'll be interesting to see what happens next week. It's going to be fine. Yeah, oh, they're really, doing just fine. I think they'll make really another one. They might make <laughs> another one. They could make another one. It'll be interesting because Sony this time doesn't have... They, they're, they're like, they need a new distributor because the Sony deal's done. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Should, should we just distribute it ourselves? <laughs> Yeah, I think what do we, we got? What'd you bring? <laughs> I got like a hundred bucks. I don't know if we have to pay for anything. We just get like Land Rover to pay for it. Aston okay. Martin, Gillette, every fucking. Yeah. You could totally. You yeah, could... I feel like you've you've yeah. made a convincing case then. We, Guys, could, we let's do this. Let's pull our money. 20, you know what? 15, 20 years, you could be a Bond. I no, I don't really think so. I don't know. It's I'm I trouble seeing myself that way because James was asked this question the other day and he was saying basically the same thing. Like I feel like also like the cool roles in that films are like. Guys, the villains, right? yeah. Like that's the yeah. that's sort of what I mean. Not to disparage Daniel Craig, obviously, because he's amazing as Bond, and he has been amazing as Bond. But like, it's the it's sort of the villains and how you remember the films. Sure, in a way. like that's those are the characters because they're really, the only things that really change. I mean, Bond is yeah, basically the exactly. same. You know, he's going to go in. Batista, Batista's great as the fucking henchman. Yeah, he's great. Where did he come from? Like his acting was not very good when he was wrestling. <laughs> I, got to talk to recently, I got to hang out with a guy on set who's a, a stuntman who had worked previously as like a wrestler and was just like telling me like amazing stories about who's super cool and like the Hardy brothers are awesome apparently yeah. and just like but like just about the process of wrestling and how it works it was like fascinating it is do you think you do you ever see yourself Start, starting to produce things that revolve around. I thought you were going to say stepping into the ring. Me too. Would you want to step <laughs> into the ring? Oh uh, no! I mean, do no, you I think, think it's time? Oh, I went to one. Do you want I a shot at to... the title? No, I just. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> what if I just like called out whoever's the champion? Please do. <laughs> they... No. Hi, this is Dan Radcliffe. I think he had to vacate because he got injured at the last pay per view. He had to vacate the title. Who did? Uh, whoever was the, was the champion right now had to vacate. Now. I forgot. Yeah. But I. But you know, when you look at something like that, and, and you know, is it do you, 
do you go, oh, I'd love to, would you ever, do you, do you, do you try to produce or seek out projects that are based on things like that that you love, or do you feel like, no, I'd rather just be entertained by it rather than get involved yeah, with it? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I, I, I mean, that's the thing, like, I, I love, like, big disaster movie type things, but I think I'd kind of probably be shit in them. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily think that, like, because that's the thing, it's, I, I, yeah, I don't know, I love, I love watching them, but, like, I don't know if, if I had to, like, Paul Giamatti deliver a load of, kind of, bullshit science that if I would believe myself doing that I know, I know although like are you, you know, promoting a movie full of bullshit science right actually now actually kind of a spy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think you can do it Daniel the difference between a movie like San Andreas and Major Frankenstein well Mary Kelly wrote a great well it's the idea that I think there's a certain amount of suspended disbelief when you go yeah, into I a movie like so. Yeah, you know yeah. when, you, when when he discovers you know like how to how to reanimate the dead. You know going into that, well, the science on this doesn't check out. Does, yeah. But for a for a, for a a contemporary disaster film that's that that presupposes uh-huh. the worst disasters are going. There's going to be a confluence of the worst disasters all at one time, and it's going to be. Well, that's the thing. they do stick to one disaster though in San Andreas. Oh, it is. It is just yeah, earthquakes. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not like earthquakes that cause tornadoes that cause volcanoes or something else. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a you're tsunami, but that's, you're onto something. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but like that's I yeah I don't think I could uh, I, I I could yeah I just I don't know if I'll I'll be as good in those. In should those we have James movies. Bond fight a tornado in our movie? We should have James Bond fight Mothra. I think yeah. James Bond versus Gamera or Mothra. I think one of those would be really great. I don't hate that idea. I think it'd be fucking great. I wish you know I wish. Yeah. You know if I were ever a crazy billionaire, I would just buy properties and just fucking on, mash buddy. them up. If. Uh, all right, I'm not. I believe just, you're getting married to a. All right, let's, not crazy billionaire. Let's just, let's just take it down. Several notches. What would you do? Because I want to have this on tape so I can uh, play it at the wedding let's reception. Not really. We're here to talk about Dan. Uh, I'm kind of interested too now. I don't know any of that. Chris, what would you do if you were a crazy billionaire? In this outlandish tale. <laughs> You can cut this out, Katie. My, <laughs> my fiance's great grandfather was William Randolph Hearst. Oh wow! <laughs> See, Daniel <laughs> Radcliffe's laughing at you, Chris. So I mean, Matt, that is, Katie, that is a name. You can't Matt cut this out, but send the file to Vince. That is uh, what a what a thing to tease I like about. <laughs> well, it's a. It's, it's hilarious, but you just said you just said a statement. But it's also if like, I was ever it's a crazy the way, the way you said the way you said I, it was also great because you were just like, so this is thing. Listen, I should just get this. Don't worry, I'm gonna say it really quickly. Yeah. Wanna, uh, it's, uh, that's that's amazing. We, uh, that's, that's really cool. Uh, Do you like? Have you watched it again? Like, we've not watched it. No, we haven't watched it together. Have like, you talked about it? Like, she's. Is there an opinion of it within the family? Great um, question. Great question, Daniel. Uh, thank I, you. I think the opinion is fine, as far as I know, but I don't know. I think she. I think they haven't. Wa- I think they honestly haven't really watched it. And the first time that it was referred to, hmm. I laughed heartily <laughs> because it's it came up. We were talking about something about. We were talking about. Um, uh, we were, I think we may have been talking about um, Orson Welles, and she and then she just very casually said. Oh, well, when you made the movie about my great grandfather, it was like, with a movie about your great grandfather, you mean that as a cake? Like, it was one of those. That's things. amazing. But it wasn't, 
it was very casual. It was very casual. I, I that's that's. Funny. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. But I didn't mean to steer us off topic. What no, would you I, do if you were a crazy billionaire? I would mash up a bunch of weird. I love I would, this I would, idea. I would make. I would buy the rights to things and then just uh, like force yeah. them together. That would be amazing. I would I make. It. I would. I, I would put. It. I would put James Bond in a movie with <laughs> Super him. Mario Brothers. I, <laughs> I, I want. I would want. I would want to do a movie that will never get made, but it would be. Some shit goes down in London that causes Batman to go to London, yeah. and then the Her Majesty's Secret Service dumb, they they're like, oh, this is a threat. We gotta we gotta oh, send yeah. our best agent after him. That's so pat- you have Batman full gadget arsenal, Bond full gadget arsenal, and they just go head to head. It's actually kind of a great idea. <laughs> I actually like the fights would be great because they're, be they're both kind of both humans. humans. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. almost kind of sounds more interesting than Batman versus Superman. Yes, it, it is much because more. they both have to. Mm-hmm. They they're more levels. Yes. They're yeah. more. They're more. Like, and you I get a, You do a fight at a fucking event party where he's just Bruce Wayne in his tuxedo oh, and yeah. Bond's in his tuxedo. Oh and they my have to god! Go I want this now. Come on. Come on! I mean, it's it's it is a really good idea. It's such a it's such a shame. It would be so hard to make. World's it greatest detective versus the world's best spy. I, I was it. just oh man, that's so good. Because <laughs> I was just thinking about, I was just thinking about Roger Rabbit yesterday, and about how. Not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> Chris is just tucked into bed. <laughs> Roger Rabbit. Remember when his wife played patty cake on him with Marvin Ackman? Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about how. That I mean, although Wreck It Ralph did that to a degree, but the gaming industry did, was yep. a little more open they to did. it. But that type of of film IP and television IP, right. that will never happen again because they're just everyone's so protective of well, their also IP. Also, like the Lego Movie, that's what was so good about that. Yeah, because well, they could because Lego has the licenses to all of those characters. Oh, I guess, so uh, I guess could, you're right about yeah. that. So no, no, but, no, but, like, you're right, but it's true. a rare thing. Yeah, though. you're absolutely, and there is something incredibly cool about it. And now, like. It's gonna be yeah. It's gonna be increasingly hard to to do that. But that was amazing about the Lego Movie. I feel like there was a Harry Potter reference in there somewhere. I feel like Dumbledore. Wasn't there a Dumbledore? Yeah, yeah, yeah there was yeah. like a Dumbledore thing in there. It was Dumbledore and Gandalf, maybe. Maybe it was Hagrid. I don't know. Um, but it was it was it was. I was very pleased. It's one of those weird things where like, whenever lots of those things are being listed or like they go through those classic cult things, you just there, there's a small party that goes like. I better mention Potter in a minute. Come on. Come on. I mean, why didn't they mention the... I mean, I don't want to be weird I, I mean, about it, know, but... Is it weird that we're not on that list? I mean, pretty big fucking movies, right? Pretty big movies. I mean, bigger than you start listing off all the movies that yeah, are bigger than this. Yeah. It's fucking bigger than this. I mean, like we've done. I mean, I mean, Lord of the Rings, like whatever. But like, we've there's more than still, that. there's still a there's still a small billboard for the last Harry Potter movie that's sitting up on Hollywood Boulevard, Boulevard that really? hasn't been taken down. It's like, how long is this just gonna sit here? Just that's to remind crazy. people, I have to that's tell you, we went to we went to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. I did as well, and Hogsmeade is almost done, and oh, then cool. you can see the outline of Hogwarts up on the cliff. Yep, but it was yeah. wasn't lit, so. It just looked like this ominous. It looks because I haven't been to the one in Orlando. It's oh, so good. It's the best. It's like that's the thing. I was so skeptical when all that stuff was going on and being made, and I was like, "Is this just you know, it's going to be done for money and not well?" And you know, and it's. But then they they included like Stuart Craig, who was the production designer on the films, like designed uh, 
designed the part, which means it looks amazing and is the queues are long. Um, because, uh, <laughs> like you, you spend two hours yeah. to get into Ollivander's one shop, and it's like a room this big, so the queue is. My uh, my sister. I feel like you might have an in. I feel like you might have I did. We went actually, and it was amazing because it was just like we went before it opened, so it was kind of like just, we had our own theme park for the day. Oh, that's incredible! And and, and we like and we went. And you go into the one shop, and there's a guy in there playing Ollivander, and who is like in character yeah. and, and and even with us he was like hey hello welcome and we like we, there was this party that wants to go you don't need to it's okay like, it's us like, did he give you the same like, wand or um, did he did he, did he I, choose a different wand I, you know I can't remember I, mean, I could see him doing both I could see him going well I'm going to stick to the script or I could see him going I'm going to surprise him yeah absolutely I, I, I can't remember what happened but he they, they were all but that's the thing I got there and it was like wow this is genuinely like amazing and for kids like that's my my sister works at Universal Orlando oh, really? in the dark arts or something. Oh, She's really? like, yeah. She oh, has to cool. be in character all day. It's like, hey. That's awesome. I bought so much... Because there's a, the shop is open where they yeah. have all the stuff. Sure. I bought so oh, much... Ravenclaw stuff. As it is. Yeah. I mean, Warner Brothers. How, how did you end up with your strong Ravenclaw affiliation? Did you just get sorted on the, like, I Baltimore? I did get like... sorted, and I also... When I was when I really kind of thought about it, here's how I think it sort of breaks down. Yeah, no, I, 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 totally, I no, it's not. It's just really not a bone of contention. Oh boy, I'll just yeah. put this down while Chris goes into this. <laughs> I uh, I I think Gryffindors are probably more of the jocks of Hogwarts because they tend to they win the house cups they win right. the they win they win the, they win the Quidditch kinds yeah. I feel like the Ravenclaws are more of like the snarky nerds I feel like the Slytherins are kind of the obnoxious shitheads you just made me remember the joke so what go on, no, go on and then the Hufflepuffs are kind of the derper derps <laughs> that was when that whole that was what the the Harry Potter logo that been like that made me howl with laughter was when you just trolled you stupid Hufflepuff <laughs> oh my god I can imagine you got so much I get so much so a lot, was, a lot of people did not have a sense of humor about that it turns out a lot of Hufflepuffs like fuck you the Badgers and I'm like okay come on it, it's obviously it's obviously joking and like I feel like you've gotta they should just be making jokes back that's the like that's the some people really did some people really did but it, then other people but were really but let's be genuinely like, offended like no 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 guys no I'm just fucking around yeah 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 cause Lydia got sorted into Slytherin and I got sorted into and I got sorted into my which ones are the uh, fat kids? Where do they go? I'd be there. Hufflepuff. <clears throat> Great. Great. Into it. Into it. We're going to have so many I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a sorting hat or anything. We're going to have <laughs> yeah, really so many magical that. snacks. <laughs> but, uh... I'm not waiting into this one. <laughs> so, uh, when, when, so, the Vicar Frankenstein comes out Thanksgiving week? Yes, Thanksgiving, uh, November 25th, I believe. That's yeah. Wednesday. That's before Thanksgiving. Okay, cool. Yep, that's also perfect. Week. Um, yeah, and it's, it's... It, the thing I loved about it was that it's like... It was a you know a, a studio movie that had this kind of you know at the heart of it it's you know Eagle's not in the book so it's not a by any means a faithful retelling of the book but it is what it takes from the book is the the sort of argument of the and, and of you know man's relationship to technology and science and the fact that we live it, you know as sort of written as a response to the fact that we always live in this sort of dual state of extreme gratitude to what technology and science does for us and kind of a fear of what it can do in the wrong hands um, so it was kind of fun that there was this this stuff happening on one side of the film but actually the main thrust of the film was just like this kind of entertaining chaotic like ride through 1850s London with these two guys making monsters I mean it just it just feels like a fun take I mean yeah. it's, it's similar to you know, the first time you saw Guy Ritchie Sherlock, you're like, oh, this is really fun. Right. What yeah. a fun take on these guys and yeah. this character that we already know and just a different, uh, just the a trailer, different spin. The tra- I like the trailer a lot because it seems really frenetic. It all, it all just reminds me of the scene in Back to the Future 2 
where Doc and Marty have landed in 1955 and they're running. One runs this way with exposition and then runs back and they're running back and forth talking to each other. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of that. I run, I don't know how many miles I ran for this film, but like I, I would have, I did a huge amount of running for this film. Um, I chased quad bikes and cameramen and all kinds of stuff. It was great. I love it. Um, but yeah, and, that's, and that was what's fun about it for me as well. Was like It's the first time I've got to do a lot of that kind of like stunt stuff since Potter because, you know, if you're, if you're playing Allen Ginsberg, there's less stunt action. Um, so it's... <laughs> You know, it was uh, it, it was fun to be able to like do all that kind of crazy shit again, and 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 yeah, and then be on like mad huge sets. The sets are amazing, which they make the film look like it was made for a lot more money than it was. And like and Fabian, the DOP, you know, and Jani, our costume designer, were all responsible for that as well. So like, yeah, it was it's a lot of fun. Like, I, I hope people enjoy it. And, like, and it is a you know, it's a, it's as you say, a new take. And everyone keeps doing this thing where they're like, oh, so many Frankenstein movies, come on! And you're like, we've had three Spider Mans. So we're about to get more. Yeah, we're about to get more. Like, it was there's been five Spider Mans in the past years. fifteen this years. This place is lousy with Spider Mans. Yeah. So many Spider Mans. Um, Where are all these goddamn Spider Man coming from? Uh, so yeah, so I. It's that Kimmy like Schmidt joke. They, they, there's a play in, in Kimmy Schmidt. I, I, don't, if it, you, yeah. I highly recommend watching right, the show. Yeah. It's amazing. Tina Fey hit a home run here again. Uh, but uh, there's a fake play in it called uh, "Turn Off the Dark." Or too many Spider-Men, or something like that. <laughs> it's just the actual name of the Spider-Man musical. It's, well, I forget what the play is so called, the but name. it's that like the, the subtitle name. is "Too Many Spider-Men," <laughs> and the people keep getting injured from oh. Spider-Man falling onto other Spider-Men. That's a really, I mean, that's a, <laughs> and like that's in the audition process, he, funny he has to Titus has to act and like as part of the audition, and it's directed by the third Affleck brother. <laughs> 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 in the audition process, the guy has to jump off the ladder onto Titus to see if he could still act after getting hit by Spider-Man. <laughs> there was, um, great. There was a, a friend of mine was who I worked with on the musical I did in New York. He, uh, he who's like one of the most physically capable, fit, uh, disciplined people I've ever met. He got down to like the final auditions for Spider-Man and to be one, I think maybe Green Goblin or Spider-Man do a lot of that kind of stuff and just went to the final audition and was like, uh, then they, they presented him with like this this huge metal thing that he would have to wear on his head as he was on wires um, swinging around and that above that was the, the you know, he had no eyes really couldn't really see and he was just like okay yeah no I'm gone <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this is not safe gonna die gonna die one. and yeah and it was not I've gotta go do the Queen musical in the West End <laughs> yeah, we'll just do some yeah we will rock you it's very very simple Are, do, do you have some time off now or are you gonna go back and um, do something else I am promoting this and uh, promoting Vince Frankenstein a uh, really bad on this show because I've talked about show. it. I love it. But, um, no, it's in there. It's in there. I, it's in there. And I've, also, I've talked about it. I've talked about it a lot recently. So it's people. I, I've, I've been talking about it. Um, and that's what's <laughs> fun about coming to this show and doing it is I get to talk about other. Weird and we'll stuff. also front load um, the show with. I mean, we'll front load the show. We'll oh, talk okay, about cool. it too. So it'll get it'll get it'll get epic. Pl- plenty of pl- um, plenty of plugs. But yeah, um, so I'm promoting this, and then I am hopefully going to take a holiday in December, and then after that. Um, I'm going to start a film hopefully next year in February but like everything else that I'm interested in like it's one of the weird indies that is you know I don't know I don't think this one is particularly dependent on the whims of uh, millionaires that just have run money throughout or hilarious billionaires oh hilarious billionaires but like so I think it, this one seems like it's it's definitely happening as, as definitely as anything can be but um, but you know it's it's hard because like that's what this year feels like a real victory because we got Swiss Army Man and also uh, Imperium the one I just finished which is worth 
shave my head. Um, we got both of them, mate, and they were both indies, and it's, it always feels like a massive victory when you get one of those over the line. I was going to say, you got a good shaped head. Yeah. I think every dude should shave his head at one point in his life just to see. Did it? You, you, have a, you have a good shaped head. I know, I Terrible I idea. I did it once. But you have to, but now you know. I know. And when <laughs> anyone says. And I know that I'm know. going to keep Rogaine handy. Uh, <laughs> can't let the Lord take this away from me. Um, yeah. Once I can afford hair plugs. Yeah, you and McAvoy both basically probably have shaved heads right we now. We both have shaved heads right now, yeah. We look like we're, and everyone was like, it's so crazy. Did you do this together? I was like, yeah. No, we sat together and shaved each other's heads. We shaved each other's head and we picked like apes. We shaved each other. We're supporting each other's roles. He's he's doing it. His is actually not for Xavier, it's for Split. With M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, because he's Xavier pre hair loss. Yeah. He does. Gorgeous head of hair, Xavier. Yeah. Yeah, but they. Oh, yeah. Don't matter. spoil it. I won't spoil it. <laughs> uh, Victor Frankenstein opens November 25th. That's a Wednesday, kids. That is a Wednesday. Thanksgiving you know you is do. Thursday. You got Friday off. No one's working that day. Head to the theater. Hey. The mall's going to be crazy. Yeah. How long do you the want to hang out with your family anyway? An hour, two hours? Oh. Like, if you want some, you know, some, some, something to fill the silence, go see a movie. Yes! <laughs> Celebrate the way the pilgrims did by seeing Victor Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's loads of Thanksgiving stuff in it. <laughs> it's a very Thanksgiving movie. You'll be you'll be you'll be giving thanks. Yeah. When you see Victor Frankenstein, November 25th. Uh, but thank you for being here, and hope to see you soon. And yeah. safe travels. Awesome. Dan Radcliffe. And congratulations on your star. Yeah, and thank you again for Dude. being there. And oh, I heard he got epic placement too. He's right in front of right in front of the like Hollywood Highland and across the street from El Capitan. Yeah, like, like epic placement. Nailed it. It was cool. Yeah, Way it was go. really like. Who are you next to? I'm, I'm very near Matt Damon, and I'm near Geek Young, who is in Blazing Saddles, uh-huh. which I think is uh-huh. awesome. And uh, BGs and Michelle BGs Pfeiffer. There, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, absolutely. There was Solid like rig. it was some really good. I was very, I was very happy. It well was, done, it was, it was, yeah, it was really cool. It was one of those things that you sort of are almost in denial of how, how amazing and cool it is until you get there and you're like, okay, no, this is a big, huge you deal. Got your you got sort of at the Chinese theater too, right? Yeah, man, this kid, he's got everything. Knighthood next. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that's a long way off. I, 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 I yeah, no. I'll make you a knight. Yeah, right. I'll be here. Okay, sweet. Thanks for listening to this podcast with Sir Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> it is official. Awesome. Yeah, you can just name me that. I think like that would stick. Pretty That's sure. Great. Pretty sure. Awesome. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.